was just debating whether or not I wanted to bring the breadstick with me while we were recording. <laughs> I was like, I was like, it's going to be a very long episode. I should probably bring it with me. And then I was like, no, you definitely shouldn't bring it with you because you shouldn't be eating a breadstick while you're doing the podcast. Concerned that you're going to run out of steam here or like... It's not about steam. It's more about self-esteem. <laughs> it's like, will I still feel good about myself if I don't eat this bread right now? And we're back. <laughs> I, I, I thought it would only be appropriate after last week when you called me out for uh, always making the intro about food. I was like, well, I, I should return to my roots. <laughs> the cold open has to be about a breadstick. <laughs> I mean, we only have so many interests and food is just so far up the list. And it's not even just that it's so far up the list. It's that it encompasses basically all of the other interests it's like yes i like halloween what do i like about halloween the food yes i like the fall what do i like about the fall food yes i like <laughs> i like going to the movies what do i like about the movies food like i <laughs> everything i like about everything is food so i don't know why uh i don't know why food is an inappropriate conversation starter it's not inappropriate i just noticed a pattern a pattern <laughs> was it paisley <laughs> I love Paisley. Do you really? I love Paisley. I hate Paisley. Why? I don't know. It's ugly. What's your favorite pattern? Is it Argyle? I'm going to have to think now. Hold on. I mean, I do like Argyle. <laughs> My favorite pattern is plain. No. It's plaid. Probably. I own many, many plaid shirts. So, yeah, we'll go with plaid. I mean, I like plaid. Don't get me wrong. I like plaid, but it's just not as much fun as Paisley. Paisley has so many, like, iterations. I know, but it looks like, I, I don't know, it looks like amoebas to me. Amoebas. I, it's like, it weirds me out. I don't know what it is. It looks like it looks like something you see under an electron microscope. Maybe that's why I like it so much. It has kind of, it's like a, it's like a feminine, uh, like, killer zombie virus. Marie Curie Couture. M Marie Curie Couture, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's deadly, but it's beautiful. <laughs> Well, hello, kids, and welcome to another uh, mini, mini microsode of my spooky gay family. Uh, we are, I'm I'm a little bit worried because we are on episode nine of Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, and this is the second to last episode. I know, we're almost done. Next week, we're going to have to find something I feel like, else to do. I feel like we've been doing this forever. It doesn't feel, <laughs> I, it's like, it's literally 10 episodes, but it feels like this has been going on for like months and months and months. Well, I mean, it kind of has, because when you think about like 10 weeks is what, two months, two and a half months. Two and a half months. But that's not even that long. That means we started doing it in quarantine. Yeah. No, we did start doing it in quarantine. That's horrifying. Right. It's like this the summer has weirdly gone extremely fast and at the same time has been torturously slow. Like 
Like the day to day is like crawling at a snail's pace, but then you look up and it's like, oh, it's August 10th. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, it's weird. I think 2020 is Hill House. Yesterday was March. I know. (laughs) I do. I think 2020 is Hill House. I think it is just like, it's like time doesn't matter. Everything sucks. There is a nothing witness void. Like everything is terrible in 2020. So it is, it is Hill House. Um, and speaking of Hill House, this is a very, very, uh, this was a, a much better episode, I think, than even the last two. Because the last one was good. Um, the one before it was terrible. And <laughs> this one was actually really good. And I had some very exciting experiences while watching this episode. And we will get to them. So I don't want to. I don't want to hold up the the process. I feel like we okay. could probably just jump right. Let in. us jump right. And in. I'll tell you when we get to the part that was very exciting to me. Okay. Because you were actually here when it happened. Yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> because I watched the episode when an hour too late. Um, <laughs> so this episode is called "Screaming Mimi's," and let's start right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to know where this term came from and why this was not like. This wasn't the funny, like, this must have been funny in the writer's room. They were like, oh, <laughs> we're going to call it the Screaming Mimis, and everyone's going to think it's kind of creepy, but it's actually fucking hysterical. I mean, I've heard the term before. I've never like, heard the term Screaming Mimis. Like, it's kind of an oldie-timey version of, like, getting the Wiggins. The Wiggins? Yeah. Like- <laughs> this is no Wiggins? Yes. Uh, but- I, I, to, to me, it does not sound like... It does not sound like spooky. It sounds like you open the egg carton and inside there's like 12 miniature grandmothers who are like, (laughs) did you leave the oven on? It's like the screaming memes is just like angry grandmas in an egg carton. That's what it sounds like to me. (laughs) Where does it come from? I I don't know. I'm assuming. You knew about this. I'd heard the term before. I I didn't do an an etymological study on it. Um. No, I don't remember where I'd heard it before. I, th- I think it was, um, I think I think it was in an old movie. Was it The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson? It was not. <laughs> the Screaming Mimis. No. <laughs> Does Eleanor get the Screaming Mimis? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I had heard the term before, but uh, I'm not sure where it comes from, honestly. It, I, ju- judging from... The person who says it, I'm going to go ahead and assume it's it derives from somewhere in the 1920s or 1930s. I mean, ass- assumably, because, uh, well, we'll get to her. Yeah, we'll get, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to her. We'll get to that bitch. <laughs> that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so the episode starts, and uh, this is an Olivia-centric episode. We finally get to see what the fuck was going on with this woman <laughs> while she was... Uh, going batshit in Hill House. And uh, we start with her sitting on the couch with Nell, Eleanor, yes, and uh, Luke as children in Hill House. And she is whispering to them and to Which Hugh. is not creepy at all. My thing, my first note is why the fuck is everyone whispering? Because it was like, I had my TV set at like, like normally on an average TV show, I have my volume set at like nine or 10. Mm -hmm. I had my volume set at 13 and it still was like, (laughs) 
And I was like, who are these people? Like, talk to each other. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. And I, I hate. I'm, I'm good. I'm such an old person now. I, like, I, <laughs> I'm that, I'm that person who goes to the movies and is like, why is the volume so disparate? It's like, <laughs> what? They're either whispering or they are shrieking, and there is no in between, and it makes me fucking insane. No, but there is nothing worse than watching something where like the sound effects and like the action sequences are super loud, but then the second people are talking, you can't hear a word they're saying. I know because they think it makes it like more intimate if they're like talking very quietly and su- and subdued to each other. And it's like people talk at a normal rate, a normal volume. Like when I talk to David, even about sentimental things, I speak to him like a like he is a person and not like a a bat who is four <laughs> miles away. Oh, goodness. So she is sitting on the couch whispering to uh, apparently only one of the twins <laughs> and Hugh. Yeah. And um, she has this kind of like weird moment where she <laughs> she's like, she's like, I love them at this age. I wish I could just freeze them and keep them like this forever. And it's like, mm, okay, Olivia. Mm, <laughs> red <okay>. flag. <laughs> I know. <laughs> A box of red flags for you (laughs) and some for you. Lots more eyes. And uh, then she kind of keeps going on about this conversation. And uh, (laughs) she's like, I forget exactly what leads them to say this, but um, she's like, we should probably put the kids to bed. And uh, he's like, is your arm asleep? Like, what the fuck is wrong? And she's like, no. And she looks down and Nell is not there. And it's like, so she's just been sitting there with like one arm extended <laughs> talking to you. And he was never like, uh, are you having a stroke? Like, but if, if you came out and saw Sarah laying on the couch with just like one arm out, like Jesus, wouldn't you be like, what are you doing? I mean, I would probably assume that she was asleep because she sleeps in odd positions. But yes, I would probably ask her. <laughs> like, like Michael Keaton in Batman. You just find her swinging in the closet. Um... Yes, I, it, it kind of, uh, the whole scene was just kind of strange and I, I understand that that was the intended tone, yes. but it was, it was still very like, huh, this is weird and rubs me the wrong way. But uh, then we jump into the meat of the episode and we yes. encounter Mrs. Dudley. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Dudley. I felt bad for Mrs. Dudley in this scene. I did too. <laughs> And I'll tell you why I don't often feel bad for Mrs. Dudley because she's terrible. But, you know, Olivia walks up and it's supposedly the day after the storm and the windows have been blown out by the storm. And so uh, (laughs) Olivia walks up and Mrs. Dudley is like cleaning up all the glass on the floor. And Olivia just sits down and she's, (laughs) she's like, I never liked storms. My dad died when I was a little girl. And Mrs. Dudley's like, oh, no. <laughs> you, can just, you can see it on her face. She's just like, lady, I just want to clean up this glass. Like, I, 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 just, like, I just work here. Like, I you can <laughs> literally see like her eyes glaze over and the soundtrack in her head just be like, don't cry out loud. Keep it inside. Like, she just goes into that like customer service rep moment where she's like, I don't hear anything. I'm not listening to anything. And Olivia... I I just thought it was straight. It was such a bizarre segue because obviously, it's over like, Sherry Olivia. Yeah, like, it like 
almost ties back around, but then she's talking about storms with, she's like, it rains rocks everywhere. And, and, and it's like, yeah, and I could just hear Mrs. Dudley being like, yeah, yeah, right. Of course it rains stones all the fucking time. You're absolutely right. Time for your pills, Olivia. Like, come on, like we are done. (laughs) To be utterly fair, that is taken from the book. Is it? Yes, um, that is actually, that is Nell's psychic power in the book as she made it rain stones once when she was upset. Were they little black stones? It does not specify. Oh, so that was that artistic was, liberty. Yes, yes, they took some liberties with it. But either way, you can still see Mrs. Dudley being like, how far am I from the phone? Like she is, <laughs> she is like, she's like, how many steps to the kitchen? Uh I I that was like my big takeaway from this Going to my moment. happy place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going to my happy place. She's like la 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 la. <laughs> um yes. So uh we kind of have this this awkward moment with Olivia and Mrs. Dudley and I kept expecting Mrs. Dudley to kind of reassure her and be like, "Oh, you know, I actually do understand because she she gives that um, Horatio quote. Yeah. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but um, it's basically like we don't know everything. Yeah. So there are more things in heaven and earth that are that are dreamt of in your philosophy. Exactly. Yes. Uh, Brilliant. (laughs) What? (laughs) I I don't have uh, Shakespeare quotes just floating around in my brain. I don't usually have Hamlet just floating around in my brain. I did, I did watch this twice today. So, for a second, I was like, Hamlet? You watched Hamlet no. twice today? And I was like, that sounds terrible. I like Hamlet as much as anyone, but I wouldn't want to watch it twice in a row in one day. Um, yes. So, she has this, this little moment where she, like, kind of makes Olivia feel better, but is still kind of like, ha, 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 gotta go. Um, And then it cuts away. (laughs) And basically, um, Olivia goes to try to sit down in her her reading room and she gets, uh, a a migraine comes on. Instantly. Instantly. So she decides she's going to go downstairs and take her medication and she encounters the kids fighting (laughs) in the kitchen. Now... I thought this scene was just as funny as the Mrs. Dudley scene, and I'll tell you why. (laughs) Because (laughs) Luke is like, my friend Abigail lives in the woods, and I want to give her Shirley's clothes. And Shirley's (laughs) like, no. (laughs) And he's like, come on, Mom, can't I give my friend in the woods Shirley's clothes? And... And Olivia's like, what? And she, he's like, my friend, Abigail, she lives in the woods. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and it's just like, she's like, you two stop now. It's like, literally, the conversation was like, my friend Abigail lives in the woods. And Olivia's like, sounds great. I'll have the chicken lo mein. <laughs> like, she just was not a part of this conversation at all. And poor Shirley is just sitting there. I'm like, just a little backup, mom. Just a little backup on the you can't have my clothes. I know. Run would be great. <laughs> You can't give a strange girl in the woods my clothes. Poor Cheryl. Cheryl. <laughs> Chastity. Um, where the hell was I? Oh, yes. So Olivia kind of has her her breakdown in the kitchen where she tells Luke that he can't give the girl in the woods his sister's clothes and she would like a number nine on the Chinese takeaway. Um, so she goes... <laughs> 
<laughs> so she goes back up to her her little reading room and yes. uh she opens the door and it is not the reading room. No, very very much not the reading room. <laughs> This scene was interesting because she opens the door and it's the morgue. And obviously yeah. it is kind of like, uh, it is the morgue in the basement of Shirley, adult Shirley's house. Yes. Her funeral home. And so she encounters uh, Nell on the table, much the way we saw her several episodes ago when Shirley was tending to her. But she also encounters Luke on the ground, dead. Right, with a needle in his arm. <laughs> with a needle in his arm. And... It's interesting because obviously this is kind of the route the house wants her to go down so that everything else that happens in this episode happens. But there was a small part of me that was like, how is it projecting this image when we as the viewers know that that doesn't happen? I mean... I, I think we've kind of already seen that like time isn't really linear in this series so like i can totally understand where the image of nell comes from Mm -hmm. it also projected an image of luke dead to nell in her episode yeah it like it likes to kill luke off a lot to people yeah (laughs) and i i think because it's it's i don't want to say a legitimate fear but it's like it's a concern that everyone has no but he's at higher risk yeah and so I think there's more of like a sense of realism to it for people. Yeah. Um, and so they, I, I guess that's what the house projects because it kind of puts them immediately on edge. Although at this point, Olivia has no reason to think of Luke that way. So it it does kind of have that, that strange like, huh, this is kind of a, a weird placement for that imagery. Yeah. Um, but I, I get it. I, I, I think it's fair enough. Um, and I said, that's a hell of a headache. Yeah. <laughs> that's literally like, oh, okay. Um, so basically, the the funny thing about this episode to me is that we kind of keep jumping around in Olivia's... It, it's like we don't ever really see Olivia at, at, at a, in a state of calm. Yeah, no, it's, it's a very disorienting episode. Yeah. Which is, is by design, because Olivia is... Going loopy boots. Slowly. Loopy boots. <laughs> Which is the word that you, you coined during this episode. Yes. <laughs> I'm fond of it. Yeah, I, I um, like loopy boots. I, I trademark. <laughs> thing. Um but yeah, no, she's she's slowly losing it, so we're supposed to kind of feel like we're losing it with her, and I think that's why it's so disorienting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it feels like we're jumping around a lot. It feels like there's really not a moment in here where Olivia is herself at any point. Like it just, it just feels like we're watching someone decompensate so quickly. Yeah. And a lot of it is because we've seen sort of the, the aftermath or the, the ramifications of a lot of this before in other episodes where people didn't know what was going on. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of, and that, like you said, is the beauty of this episode because we finally get to see what the hell was going on with Olivia in the middle of this episode we caught her in before. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> next we get to meet, what's her name? Poppy? Yes, her name is Poppy. Poppy. Who is that bitch. <laughs> that, that bitch. <laughs> Poppy is that bitch. Because then we cut to Olivia in bed and she is sleeping and we see a rather disturbing image 
of Poppy kind of peering in on her while she's sleeping and then slipping quickly out the door. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Olivia wakes up and kind of shakes Hugh and she's like, Hugh, somebody's in the house. Hugh, Hugh. Oh, are you dead? Gotta get up. Like, <laughs> there was a moment for me where I was like, if if I thought someone broke into our apartment and was like creeping around the house and I was like, David, get up. And he like didn't get up. I would be like, uh, maybe I'll spend two more seconds on this situation. Right. Before I run out into the dark to chase uh, <laughs> the screaming Mimi. Um, <laughs> and then we get to meet Poppy. Be- and my impression of Poppy <laughs> is that she is like the Kristen Wig flapper ghost of this house because she's like she's like oh um, the screaming memes and the car horns make me laugh ah. and you're like what <laughs> who is this person <laughs> did she did she live in a circus she's like I loved the city the car horns made me laugh I was like were they clown cars why are you <laughs> why are you laughing Poppy this is stupid. <laughs> To be fair, we have heard of Poppy before. Mrs. Dudley actually talked about Poppy the yes. last time uh, we saw Steve fix up the vanity. That Poppy was very much insane. Loopy Boots. Yes, yes she was very much Loopy Boots. <laughs> loopy Boots. And <laughs> Loopy Boots Part One. So to be to be utterly fair to Poppy, she is she is apparently just way far the fuck out there <laughs> to the point where she thinks car horns are funny. And, yeah, she apparently and grew talks up in like Toontown. she's a gun mall. Yeah. <laughs> She she's bizarre, but I, I enjoyed Poppy. If I'm being if I'm being honest, um, the thing I don't get is you know we have this whole this whole dream sequence with Poppy where she says it's all a dream, and you know if your kids were stuck in this dream, so terrifying, and ba 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 ba, wouldn't you wake them up? Wouldn't you wake them up? And this is all kind of extended exposition for what is to come. Then it cuts to the moment where. We have already seen kind of how we keep getting the flash of like, this is what she was seeing. Yeah. This is where it ended. And where it ended was the scene we had seen previously where she kind of is awoken while she is straddling Hugh in the middle of the night with a screwdriver to his neck. Yeah. And to me, I was, I, it just was a bit confusing because I was like, I don't really see the tie in. You don't see how they got there. Yeah, I don't see how she got from, like, Poppy whispering in her ear, this is how you wake the kids up, to her straddling Hugh with a screwdriver to his neck. I mean, I guess we're supposed to assume that it has something to do with what Poppy's saying to her because we can't hear it. Um, But at the same time, it's also, it's just, it's Hill House. Like, it's, there's, there's a certain amount of it's Hill House is the explanation for most things in this show and that's fair it's just it was frustrating because like i i was like oh i i I would have expected a more linear yeah like you were expecting like her to like be holding a knife in the dream and then to wake up and like to or to have been like defending the kids in the dream or doing something yeah that kind of tied into how the house manipulates you into doing things whereas this just felt like kind of it wasn't even manipulation. It was like forcing a hand. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I think that was kind of strange for me. I would have... it. I felt the same way about the, this moment that I felt about the whole Theo-Kevin thing where it's like, 
It felt a little forced. Yeah, it just didn't yeah. feel like they spent a lot of time figuring out what was the most meaningful way to make this thing happen. It just was a good scare in the moment or a good plot point in the moment. And now they have to kind of... It, it felt very like like they found a polar bear on the island. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and for those of you who didn't watch Lost, <laughs> that is a Lost reference. Um, that was just how it felt to me. I felt like it didn't really tie in that well for me. No, but, I thought they could have they could have played with sort of the physicality of it more to make it a more direct line. Yeah. Between one to the other. Yeah. I, and that was I mean it it didn't ruin the moment for me, but it was like Yeah. I I could that you could do better. <laughs> Yeah, especially because, like, the first time you see that sequence, from Hugh's point of view, it's a very scary sequence Yeah, the, the first time you see it. So, like, you're expecting there to be a really big payoff for when you see it from Olivia's perspective, and that really isn't a big payoff at all. At all, yeah. Like, we've gone through this dream sequence, which was, granted, pretty creepy, but, like, yeah. not... Mostly because of what Poppy's saying, not because of anything else. Like, it's also... Yeah, nothing is... particularly spooky happens. Yeah. But that's not to say that you can't have a creepy scene like this. I thought the scene itself fit in very well. And obviously there was something wrong with Poppy. Clearly. <clears throat> that we are kind of cued into. And that in itself, in and of itself, was creepy. And it was a good creepy because it was a different... This is something I normally really like about this series is that you get a lot of different kinds of spook. Uh, you know, yeah. you have the overt scare. You have the kind of, oh, I almost missed that. You have the, this is just creepy imagery. This is creepy wording. This is a creepy idea because you have the whole, like, you know, I'm in the dark forever. Yeah. You know, existential crisis moment that we had in another episode. So there are a lot of ways that they scare us with this series and I, I think that like you said poppy's story poppy's scene was creepy but it just didn't have the it, it was like it was like you were walking along uh, a footbridge mm -hmm. and you got to the very end and there were like three steps missing and you jumped to, to the yeah. land and it's like well what what were those three steps we missed <laughs> To get to to get to land, <clears throat> but that was just my takeaway from it. And it's also just since this is episode nine, and this is the only Olivia episode we get, we know we're never going to get those three steps explained to us. Mm -hmm. So it just it feels, I think, a little different this close to the end of the series because we know that we're probably not going to get an answer. Yeah, we're never going to find out what happened that led from one moment to the next. Yeah, but. We move on to more screaming memes. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so phlegmy today. I had chicken wings before this. Um, and I, that was probably a bad idea. Uh, what the hell was I talking about? Oh, so <laughs> we kind of have the moments where it's, it's interesting which moments they choose to show from the like deterioration of Olivia outside the dreams because most of this episode is you know what's going on in her head but then we have kind of the scenes where she's presented with the house plans and she's drawn the plans over and over again on top of each other and she's kind of deteriorating and talking about 
leaving and going to her sister's and he was like, no, you should go now, not Monday. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, right now. <laughs> I packed a bag. <laughs> Your flight is in three minutes. Better leave now. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and then it kind of dips in and out between that and, like, then we have the the dream sequence with the the twins where she she's, like, tucking them into bed and they're like, well, what if we die? What if you torture <laughs> us forever? What if you poke pins in our eyes? And it's like, I, my, my only note here was Dream Nell is a, is a very dramatic child. <laughs> and she has clearly given this quite a bit of thought. Like, seriously, it's that first second when she was talking, it didn't clue into me immediately that it was a dream. And I was like, damn, no, like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? And then obviously as she kept going, I'm like, oh, okay, this makes more sense now. Yeah. But like for those first couple of seconds, it was a little like, what did you do to this kid? I know. <laughs> like she shouldn't be, oh my God. I know. <laughs> It was a little bit like when the kids in the beginning of the series, ha- when Hugh comes in, he's like, nothing's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like that. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I get it. Um, and I'm surprised they never did anything like that again. Yeah. I'm I think this would have been it, a good moment. It really like that still might be the worst like jump scare for me in this entire series. worst meaning like most effective like most effective yes yes no like like that one made me like oh okay. i know because <laughs> you don't expect and like there are things that happen and i'm like i have seen this before i should remember this and it's like it is like my brain is like an etch-a-sketch for the haunting of hill house <laughs> it was like i finished and then i just went no <laughs> It's all gone. Like it, it's like I'm watching it for the first time this time. I mean, to be fair, it is ten hours worth of material. It is a lot, and there are there are bits that I remember, um, but there are a lot of things like those jump scares. A lot of them kind of don't come rushing back until they're happening, and then I'm like, yeah. oh, I remember this. This is horrible. <laughs> uh, and so we have this kind of this kind of bizarre moment where Luke is like, what if I, what if you never wake me up from the dream and I kill myself with needles and you leave me there in the dark forever? And Nella's like, and what if I'm just depressed and scared in the dark for the rest of my life and nobody loves me and I don't know anything? And you're like, oh my God, like these children are horrible. They really are. And it's like, Obviously, as the viewer, you're supposed to be sitting here feeling just a little bit heartbroken because you know that those things are going to happen. I know. <laughs> but they're going to happen because of what Olivia does, not because of something she doesn't do. I know. And I mean, <laughs> that it, it is a good rhetorical tactic because it, it, it shows you how the house manipulates you into fulfilling this destiny. But it... It, it is very, like, in the moment, you're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, take a Xanax now. It's like, oh, right, the real horror of life is living it. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like thank goodness you were here. <laughs> I was feeling good about myself today. Here, I thought I was in control. <laughs> um, yes, and so Nell and Luke have their very uh, creepy moment with Olivia and Luke... Uh, not Luke, uh, the other one, Steve, wakes her, her up and he's like, Mom? And she realizes she's been talking to the windows for, for God knows <laughs> for how like, long. At least 10 minutes. To the windows, to the walls. <laughs> and where does it go next? Um, yes, and then we cut to a moment where Olivia, I, I was kind of unclear because this is, this is 
immediately the point where you and Sarah got to the apartment when I was watching, because like I said, I was yeah. watching this right before you got here to refresh my drink. And you and Sarah came in the apartment. And so I kind of missed bits and pieces of this scene because uh, I was paying attention to to you guys and like saying hello to you and David was was talking. So um, it, I, it is the scene where Olivia is sitting in like the sunroom and Mrs. Dudley walks Mrs. in because walk, yeah. she's okay. getting the paint for Steve when he's painting the uh, vanity. Yeah. And we have the reverse of the first scene of this 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 show where Mrs. Dudley has her soliloquy. And <laughs> is that what happens? Yes, Mrs. Dudley has like a little tinier version of what her husband got a couple episodes ago where he like went into a Shakespearean soliloquy <laughs> for five minutes. Um <clears throat> spot. No, she um she basically tells Olivia because Olivia's like, and I just I want to keep them safe and and I don't think I can do that. And like Hugh will think I'm crazy and Mrs. Dudley's like, don't you dare let him say that you're crazy. Like this world has teeth. It eats up people. It eats up innocent people. It doesn't care. Like if you think you need to protect your children, then you protect your children. This is going to come back <laughs> to bite Mrs. Dudley in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like in a big way. <laughs> in a big way. Yes. Uh, and we won't, we will, we'll get to that in the next episode. But um, yes, this this scene, I guess, is significant for that because it does kind of foreshadow what is to come with all of this. But my big takeaway from this scene, having not seen most of it, is that you can clearly tell in this scene that the outside, like, stone wall and foliage is a painted backdrop. <laughs> <laughs> They're like we blew all of the we blew all of the CGI budget on uh, the last nine the last eight episodes. So this time we're doing we're literally painting scenes outside. <laughs> um, and that was my big takeaway. That's all I got from from this this little moment. So we move on to Olivia finally getting the vanity that Steve is making for her, and we find out what she sees in it that makes her smash the mirror. But before she does, she's having this conversation with Steven that she had had in the previous episode when we saw it. And he, he's like, uh, I thought it might cheer you up. Dad said you've been... And then he just kind of like trails off for a second. And he, all I could think <laughs> was like, Dad said you've been a fucking lunatic. <laughs> like... <laughs> Dad said you're losing your fucking mind. <laughs> Dad said you've lost touch with reality. <laughs> you've lost your marbles. I've lost me marbles. And Olivia just looks up at him like, what did he say? What, <laughs> what could it possibly be? <laughs> and she just, she looks so hurt. And it's just like, what do you think he said, Liv? <laughs> like, like, what do you think it was? <laughs> oh, I wonder what it could be. Um, and so she sits down at the vanity and she's very impressed. And then she looks in the mirror and she sees Nell and and, and, and Luke, Luke again yeah. Adult as Nell adults. And, uh, and they are dead. Yes. <laughs> and Nell's like, mommy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why she turned into Fat Albert for a minute, but <laughs> she did. She did. She was Fat Albert mommying in the mirror. And so Olivia smashes it and then realizes that her son just gave her this present. <laughs> And she took a shit all over it. <laughs> I purposely waited for you to take a sip of your Red Bull to, to say that. Thank you. 
she does. She literally like, she's like, oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia smash. <laughs> um, and that uh, it, there's just this like, I I'm sure it is the intended effect that. Olivia has this dichotomy of like trying to be a good mother and being the calm, patient, loving person that she is, and then having these like manic episodes. Uh, but it it does it it cycles very quickly, yeah. and uh, in this moment is I mean, had you not seen it previously, would have been very unexpected. Yes, I. I think it's particularly nice that we then jump immediately into Hugh being like, what the fuck did you just do? Because she's sitting there saying it was an accident. And it's like, you punched a mirror. <laughs> like, like, how could it possibly be an accident? You punched No. <laughs> 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 He ran into my knife. He, he ran, ran into, into my, my knife, knife ten, ten times. times. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was a very much that kind of a moment where you're like, okay, mm, Liv, time to go to bed. <laughs> Uh, and speaking of going to bed, then it cuts to her and Hugh talking again, and he's obviously trying to convince her that Monday is just not soon enough for her to take <laughs> a little vacation. And um, she, she kind of has this this moment where she's trying to she's trying to explain to him what she is experiencing, and I thought it was a very funny scene, <laughs> obviously because I'm a crazy person, because. She gives this, she gives this monologue that's kind of, uh, it's kind of like a combination of Gene Hackman from The Birdcage talking <laughs> about the foliage, <laughs> as well as, uh, like, like kind of like a Bob Ross monologue while he's painting. Cause she's taught, she's like, oh, there's, there's all the, there's all these colors, but there's only one left and it's so dark and there's no more happy trees. And, blah, blah. and you're like, <laughs> oh, okay, calm down. And, Olivia has a lot of monologues. In the, in the and episode. they're all very like kind of long and convoluted and, and metaphorical. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot, she uses a lot of metaphor. I, it's, it's kind of confusing, but, um, yeah, uh, that was my only takeaway is that she reminded me of Gene Hackman when he's like, <laughs> all the colors <laughs> and then the black <laughs> cutting through the green. <laughs> uh, that, that, that was the big takeaway. I don't know why when I was watching this episode, I just was like not in the headspace to take any of it seriously. I was like, this is ridiculous. Um, and so then Olivia <laughs> is leaving and... Um, yeah. I have two very important notes. It's getting on a midnight train from going this anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> going anywhere. Uh, two very important things happen in this scene. The first of which is that we see Theo as a child. And she is wearing gloves mm -hmm. and a brimmed fisherman's cap. Yes, she is. And still no one considered that she might be a lesbian. <laughs> I was like... I was like, who dressed you? <laughs> that, I mean, I think that's supposed to be the whole, like, the house is always cold thing. I mean, it is. I mean, she's always wearing that fisherman's cap, though. They, yeah. It's later on in this episode, when they first get to the house, she is wearing it. And mm -hmm. it's like, girl, come on. Um, that's takeaway number one. It is not a heterosexual hat. No, not by any means. Unless it is worn by someone who is presenting male. 
Um, the second very important takeaway from this scene is that I finally saw a fucking ghost. <laughs> there is a ghost in this scene. Spoiler alert, if you didn't want us to tell you exactly where Episode they were. Episode nine, Pissy sees a ghost. Pissy sees a ghost. <laughs> it, it only took nine hours of watching, but I finally found one. I did, I saw a ghost, and it's one of, because we, we talked about this in another episode about how Mike Flanagan and and everyone who made this show talked about how they peppered ghosts kind of in the episodes that you were kind of meant to see in passing if you were looking carefully enough. And I finally saw one. And it's when, when Olivia is leaving, you can see uh, when they show the shot of the whole family standing near the staircase, if you look... Hugh is standing near the right side of the staircase and immediately to his right in the background, you can see just like a ghostly figure standing in a doorway behind the staircase. And I was like, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I see it. I see it. Uh, And you were like, take your medication. Um, But I was very excited. That was the first time I had seen a ghost in this. Have you found any of them? I haven't because I've been I've been too preoccupied with paying attention to like things like plot and character development because we were going to be talking about it. I know. So like I was so focused on what was actually happening that I was not paying attention to the background like at all. I usually am not because I'm doing the same thing, but I don't know what it was about this moment that it there was something there was like dead space in the shot and I was like mm. that's strange. And I looked into the dead space <laughs> like, like it was fucking Pennywise. Uh, into my dead space. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I found one. <laughs> and it, it was so like, it was like the most rewarding Easter egg I have ever <laughs> had watching anything. Because I was like, oh my God, I did it. I found one. I am amazing. I should win every award. Um. So then the show continues, believe it or yeah. not, because we are yeah, not we're even still going. nearly done. And Olivia leaves and checks into the hotel that apparently Nell stays in like 20 yeah, years later. Yeah, it's the same hotel room. It's the same hotel. It was, there's, there's, I, and I look, because I looked at you, you yeah. obviously were in the room at this point, And I was like, is that the same fucking hotel that Nell stays in later? And you're like, yep. And then you went back to your phone. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one hotel. There's there's only one hotel anywhere near this house. Where is it? What's the name of the town? They said it in the last episode. It's like they, Am- said, they said Amherst was on the way. Amherst is on the way. So they're they're not clear, but it's somewhere in eastern Massachusetts, I believe. So it's near Amherst, Massachusetts. Yes, somewhere near Amherst. Well, apparently in Amherst, Massachusetts, there's only one no-tell motel. (laughs) And uh, that is the one that their family always uses. And so Olivia checks into the hotel. They have premium club membership now. I guess they must. They're like, see you in 20 years. (laughs) Uh, And so Olivia checks in and she she calls the house a few days later and the kids are like, I don't know, killing each other in the kitchen. And he was like, can you be quiet? Mom's on the phone. And they're like, dad's burning down the house. He only feeds us cereal. He talks to us like we're mice. And you're like, what is happening? They're just like, they're like, he's like, mom's very sensitive right now. And they're like, dad's abusing us. (laughs) 
your mother thinks that the world is going to kill you. He's killing us! <laughs> Basically. He's killing us right now! <laughs> we don't need to wait for the world. <laughs> Dad's doing just fine on his own. Um, and so, basically, after all of that, Olivia comes back that night, unbeknownst yes. to anyone. She comes back to the house and kind of creeps in and s- strangely watches Hugh sleeping on the couch. Yeah, and it's I'm, very paranormal activity. Yeah, and there was a part of me that was like, why the fuck is Hugh sleeping on the couch, first of all? Uh, and it was like, oh, is this supposed to be like, uh, my wife's not here, I can't sleep in our bed alone kind of moment? Or is it just like... He was fucking tired. He was tired and fell yeah. asleep on the couch. So she kind of, you know, Katie from Paranormal Activity waves over him <laughs> for a few minutes and then uh, goes in the kitchen to make <laughs> tea. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a very special tea. Very special tea indeed. Uh, and Cheryl walks in and catches her, and she's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And she's like, just making tea. And Cheryl's like, okay, and leaves. <laughs> and uh, that that was my big takeaway from this scene, was that basically she's like, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I'm going to have a tea party in the attic. And Cheryl's <laughs> like, mm, okay. Okay, mom. <laughs> That's great. Are you supposed to be somewhere else, like far away? Because you had to fly there? <laughs> I flew back. Caca, caca. <laughs> she's like, good, okay. And poor Shirley, this moment is going to haunt her for like the rest of her life. Like, th- this is her last memory of her mother. Her mother acting fucking weird in the kitchen. I, know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just imagine Shirley walking out of the kitchen like Newman in Jurassic Park. She's like, ah, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's basically what happens there. And uh, Olivia goes upstairs and wakes up the kids, but just Nell and Luke, because that's who she's been having these visions of as dead people. And I guess somehow, I I don't know if it's what we're supposed to assume Poppy explained to her or if it's just something she's kind of deduced on her own, that the only way to quote unquote wake up the kids from this nightmare or this screaming Mimi is to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> so she's going to poison them with the rat poison she found in the basement. <laughs> yes. Um. Also, importantly, it's not just Nell and Luke that she wakes up in no. this moment. There is, a, there is a third child <laughs> in this room and it is Abigail. We find out that Abigail is like a real actual person and not a ghost. Not a ghost living in the she, woods. She is a real human child. Which is horrifying, by the way. (laughs) It would have been probably a little bit less scary if she was a ghost and not some, like, weird kid who lives in the woods nearby. (laughs) Right. Uh, So, yes, she wakes them up and says they're going to have a tea party and they're going to, but they have to be very quiet and they have to follow mom and they're going to have a very secretive tea party. And Abigail, would you like to join us? And Abigail's like, okay. (laughs) Which is the biggest mistake she makes that night. (laughs) Um... So they go, and it turns out that Olivia is leading them to the Red Room. And this is important because this is the first time we are ever seeing the inside of the Red Room. And knowing it was the Red Room. Yes. 
Well, and well, Nell points that out too. She says, "Oh, you found the key. It's finally yeah. open." And then Olivia turns into you know space cadet, and she's like, "We are the key." And then she floats <laughs> into the room without touching the floor. <laughs> it's just like this episode is like on the verge of camp. It really is. I, I mean, like this is the thing. Like Carla Gugino, though the woman who plays Olivia, is yeah. is doing her God's honest best I know. with what she's been given. <laughs> but what she's been given is a little loopy boots. So very loopy so boots. She's going full full hog on it. These boots have a lot of loops. <laughs> they are Doc Martens up to the knee. <laughs> to the knee. There are knee high Doc Martens. Are there? Yes, there's a lot of loops. That's. Oh. I'm surprised they didn't give those to Theo. Um, funnily enough, I believe we actually have a shot of adult Theo wearing Doc Martin-esque boots. Really? Yes. <laughs> I noticed. I think it's in episode six. You two have <clears throat> so much in common. Uh, yes. So <laughs> Olivia tells them that they are the key and then she wanders into the room. And <laughs> it's like... There's that. There's again that kind of like I wish Shirley was here to be like, oh good, I'm glad it's not anything unusual. <laughs> and then the kids follow her into the into the. And is the that a thing room. you ever thought you'd say? I wish Shirley was here. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shirley is the most. Young Shirley is a delight. Older Shirley, yes. Is so much. Young Shirley, and nothing against the actress because I no. like the actress who plays older Shirley. But as a character, she is the most annoying fucking beast of a human i have ever seen in my life uh and then olivia decides up oh, heaven's gate we're gonna do this and she takes the kids in the in the red room and they have their tea party with with rat poison and she gives nell the the cup of stars which is significant to the book right it is significant to the book um as i believe we discussed in another episode um i vaguely remember nell in the books um, has her that whole speech that Mrs. Dudley gives in the show about never let them take your cup of stars, blah, 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 is actually Eleanor in the book who says that, or she's thinking it to herself. <laughs> or she's writing it on the wall. Or she's writing blood. it on the wall. Uh, who knows? We're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor's not sure either in the book. Okay. <laughs> really? Eleanor, I'm going to say loopy boots again. <laughs> like, I just. She's closer to Nell in the haunting. Yeah, a little bit. Um, the, the haunting is closer to the plot of the book. It is it is not there, but it's it's meandering around it, kind of skipping on it. Yeah, it's it's sort of jumping over some fairly important things, but it's playing hopscotch with the plot. I really want to see the original movie because I I imagine that the original movie, The Haunting of Hill House. Must be pretty close to the Shirley Jackson novel. It's pretty close. It is also called The Haunting. Um, oh, is it? Yeah, no. The Haunting, the the Catherine Zeta-Jones version is a remake of the of original. Of the original movie. Haunting. Yes. I see. We should do that. I would love to do that. I haven't suggested doing it because we've been doing this and I didn't want to. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't want to just like, let's do Hill House. Let's do Hill House again. Let's do Hill House a third time. And then when we're done with The Haunting, we can do The Haunting again. And then yes. when we're done with that, we can talk about the book. Yes. <laughs> we'll do a reading club. We'll just, <laughs> every, every minisode, we read one chapter of the, the Haunting of Hill House. And people are like, enough! <laughs> Theo's not even explicitly a lesbian in this. What's the point? 
Um, yes. So then it turns out that the only person to drink the tea was poor little Abigail. Was poor little Abigail. And let me tell you, there's something and and let me be clear, this is no fault of this little actress. But there's something about giving a death scene to a child actor. Yeah. That feels a little bit like asking your grandma to fly the plane. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, no um in in utter fairness, she looks to be about six. Yeah. Like but, I said, not her fault. Not like, something she should be expected to do eloquently. Like seriously, like how do you explain to a six year old how to look like you're 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 poisoned with strychnine? What, what, like how, <laughs> how, how do you like? Because the girl literally <laughs> just like blank in the eyes, like grabs her throat and is like. This <laughs> <laughs> is not supposed to be funny. So unintentionally <laughs> comedic. But like. <laughs> Then they, they they must have given her an Alka Seltzer tablet to 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 froth at the mouth and all yeah. that other stuff and and like she she does a pretty good job actually of once she's kind of foaming to kind of like make it look legit yes but those first couple seconds where she's like <laughs> oh there's something wrong are pure comedy gold it's wonderful <laughs> not and, if you like watching children die but yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yes so. Basically, Cheryl uh, goes into the the living room where Hugh is sleeping on the couch. And Cheryl is like, Sonny, they're killing themselves in the red room. We got to go. Oh. And <laughs> Hugh get, gets up and finds the, the rat poison. And he's like, uh, okay, time to, time to check in with Liv. <laughs> and he goes upstairs and everyone is in bed except for the twins and their new friend Abigail that apparently can sleep over even though... She, we don't even know where she came from. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. The little girl from the woods can sleep over. Uh, and he runs and finds that the red room is open and he runs inside. And that is, again, a callback to the end of, I believe it was the episode uh, Two Storms, was it? When it ends with him running into the red room? I don't think so. I think it was Hughes... Hugh's perspective episode, which I think is the one before. I think mm. it's eulogy. Yeah, I can't really I don't, remember. I don't remember exactly, but it was somewhere in that six, seven, eight range. Yeah, it was. It it was one of the previous episodes ended with him running into the red room, and that is yeah. kind of where we pick up. Right here, he runs in and uh, finds this girl frothing at the mouth and dying, and the yeah. other kids are like, "What the fuck?" And so <laughs> he just smashes everything on the floor. And Olivia kind of has a meltdown and is like, what are you doing? I'm saving them. I need to do this. Uh, you can't take them away. Bah, 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 bah. And she kind of, uh, they get into a physical altercation and he shoves her and she hits the wall. Yeah. And blacks out. And she she wakes up again um, a little bit later. My, my only note for this scene is... Uh, you pushed mom seems a lot less horrifying after mom gave everyone rat poison. Right. Like <laughs> the whole thing with Steven being like, you pushed mom. And it's like, mom was trying to kill everyone with cyanide. So maybe we can cool it. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Like I understand that we're supposed to basically take this as Hugh was trying to protect their memory of their mother. Like, like I get that. Mm -hmm. But like, 
when the cops are looking at you for murder, how do you not mention that she was trying to poison your children? Yeah. Like, how do you not mention, oh, by the way, there's a dead little girl. <laughs> up in the attic. Up in the attic. <laughs> who my wife murdered with rat poison. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I feel like at some point, this is a truth that just has to come out. <laughs> like, like, well, now that you mention it. Like, I guess we're supposed to go, oh, he's so noble. Like, he 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 went cr- crazy. And and I mean, like, he's he doesn't believe it was her anyway. He believes it was the house, and rightfully so, because it was. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's kind of like, I understand that you don't want anyone to think badly of your wife, but she tried to kill your children with that poison. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's like, there aren't really and a lot of ways out of this. succeeded in killing a third. Yeah. They're, like... If you want to have a separate conversation with your kids later to kind of dig through this kind of garbage heap, I think that's one thing. But to have gone through what is implied to have been quite the legal process to kind of hide the fact that Olivia was very much involved with the events of their last night in Hill House and why they ran from it... (laughs) I I feel like it it would have had to have come out at some point that that little girl's body was found, that that little girl was dead up in the house. I mean, this is a thing that... This is the thing that I I, I know we get clarification on this in the next episode. I just don't remember exactly what the clarification was. Mm -hmm. So I feel like... I have no recollection of it. I will probably have something to say next week in this (laughs) world. I will have something to Um, say. But, yeah, no, I don't understand how how when you're accused of murder, you wouldn't be like, oh, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) She she was having a tea party with my two six-year-olds and had put strychnine in the tea. Yeah. Like, like, for fuck's sake, you. Like, like, there's being noble and then there's just being a jackass. And they were all wearing tracksuits. Yeah, okay, Liv, <laughs> go to bed. Um, and so, basically, after she wakes up, we kind of go through the last kind of chase scene of the house, which is... Uh, all the way back from episode one. Yes. It is, uh, it is the moment where all of the kids are out in the car and... Hugh runs in to get Steve, who he has left for last. I don't know why, if he grabbed everyone. Like, did he grab them <laughs> one at a time? I don't, I really don't understand the thought process on this one. But <clears throat> basically, Hugh runs back in and we have the whole bedroom scene. But we find out that the ghost or whatever was kind of, you know, going at the doorknob is Olivia, that yeah. she was looking for him because she she didn't want him to take the kids away. But there are all of these very visible ghosts all over the house yeah. that clearly Hugh can see and has seen and Olivia is seeing and everyone is kind of. Yeah, we see a lot of ghosts this episode. Yeah, there is a lot of ghosts. And even earlier in the episode, we see the clock guy again. Yeah, we see the clock guy again. Um, we see in this sequence, we see old Mrs. Hill in the bed mm-hmm. and she talks to Olivia this is also the first time we've seen ghosts talk to anybody in Hill House yes. is Olivia. But um, no, there's a lot of like explicit ghost in this episode. There is. And you know what's funny is 
one of my notes on this episode was I wonder why Olivia was was so was she was targeted so much more harshly than any of the other family members. And there's a part of me that wonders why, because they kind of allude to the fact that she has these kind of clairvoyant psychic abilities, kind of witchy yeah. abilities. Um, and I wonder if that's supposed to be part of the explanation, but it really does feel like they very heavily targeted <laughs> Olivia with their torment, as opposed to most of the other family members where the kids were kind of, subject to a lot of frightening imagery and maybe one or two dangerous accounts. But Olivia is the only one that they like mentally and emotionally manipulate and fuck with. Yeah, no, like Olivia's ordeal with Hill House is like a hundred percent psychological. She gets gaslit mm -hmm. from day one and she doesn't know what's real and what's not. She doesn't know. <clears throat> she doesn't know if she can trust what she's seeing or if she can't. Mm -hmm. like it's it's difficult to watch actually like that was one thing that i wrote down was it's actually difficult to watch this knowing how it ends mm -hmm. which of course we all do yeah so it's this kind of which is sort of i think kind of the weird thing about this episode is you know exactly what happens at the end of it like you know exactly what's going you to you know exactly what's coming and you're seeing the build up to it. Mm -hmm. And it's like being on a roller coaster. Like you're going up and up and up and up and up. And you're just waiting for it to tip over. And you know and what's going to happen. Yeah, it yeah. does finally happen. But it it is kind of strange. I, I think that's a really good way of putting it. That it it is like the roller coaster kind of ticking up and up and up and up. And we all know that the fall is coming. We just don't. We, we can't see the where the top do. is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think... I. This episode obviously has a very uh, sad ending because uh, the family runs away and, and everything with that kind of leaving her in the house alone to deal with her with her own mental and emotional problems in this moment. And before what happens happened and she's kind of walking around the upstairs there was a part of me that was like, it's really a shame that this house is a demon because it's beautiful. <laughs> I was like, wow, you really see the beauty of the house in this, in this episode. <laughs> it was such a shame because it is like... It is it, a gorgeous house. It's a gorgeous house. If I could buy that house today, I would. I mean, would you buy it if it was... Hill house? If it was a demon house? I mean, probably not. <laughs> but I, I would be tempted. I'd get, I, it would take some... You just have a shack on the ground somewhere to sleep because, you know, you don't want to be there in the night. In the dark. In the dark. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because that is exactly what happens to Olivia. She is left there in the night in the dark. And uh, she kind of has this moment where she wanders back toward the Red Room and encounters... Uh, Abigail. No, not Abigail. Well, she does encounter well, yeah. Abigail. And Abigail goes off with... Uh, who? Mm -hmm. We're not actually sure. Yeah, it's just some woman. We're not really entirely sure of who it is. I don't know if it's supposed to be someone we're familiar with or if it's just meant to be an unnamed ghost. <clears throat> but um, then she wanders out and runs into our good old Poppy. Yeah. Uh, who good reminds... Good old rum-running Poppy. <laughs> rum-running Poppy. <laughs> 
who reminds her that uh, there's only one way to wake up from the nightmare and Olivia commits to it. Uh, yeah. So she ends up, you know, she ends up plunging from the, the staircase where Nell later uh, well, jumps behind, from. Well, behind, yeah. So it, it really is a very sad ending to this episode because you see how once things start going bad for Liv, they never get better. No, and there really wasn't a way to stop them. No, like, there was no way out. Like, even the whole, like, go to your sisters, like, it'll be good for you, like, like she doesn't go. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I think I wrote down, like, so fucking close. Like, I know. Honestly, like, like, it's one of those things that, like, maybe if Mr. Dudley had had his, his soliloquy a couple weeks earlier, <laughs> this would have ended differently. <laughs> yeah, and it, it speaks to the idea that, like, there's this kind of tethering feeling that you get all through the series of that the fact that they are all like once you experience the house, you are kind of tethered to it. There's nowhere you can go to really get away from it. Yeah, no, it's it just becomes a part of your life once you've once you've touched it, it rubs off on you. What? <laughs> Nothing. It just was funny. Okay. Um Yes. So that's kind of where this episode ends. And it, it does end in a very sad way. But uh, luckily, we do have one last episode left to kind of lift our spirits a bit. Maybe, possibly. <laughs> I won't give anything away. <laughs> we'll talk about yeah. it next week. But that's it. That's that's the end of episode nine. I can't believe we only have one episode left. I know. it's It really does feel like we've been doing this a very long time. <laughs> It it feels like we've been doing this as long as the podcast has been going, which is almost a year. Yeah, no, we're almost there. We're almost exactly uh, 11 months. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had I had a stroke. I don't yeah, know. You're like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I'm nodding instead of speaking like you can see me <laughs> Because this is a video podcast. Because, yes. All right, kids. Well, that is episode nine of Haunting of Hill House. If there's anything we missed, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Um, We do have another episode coming out on Thursday. So until then, stay spoopy and remember. He's killing them. He's killing all of them. It's okay, Shiv. It's just a dream. Just a screaming Mimi. And wake up and find those little bugs safe in their beds. I want to wake up so badly. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from The Haunting of Hill House, distributed by Netflix 2018. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Jewel Productions. Barbara Jewel.